1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com Real Noom user compensated to provide their story In four weeks the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week Individual results may vary
2: My name is Joe and while my usual stomping grounds are the flatlands of Kansas Today I find myself leading a Navy SEAL team in the rugged hills of Italy We've been tasked with neutralizing a terrorist cell operating within an ancient monastery, a place with secrets even the locals don't whisper about. The mission kicks off with precision. Our SEAL team, a tight-knit group, coordinates seamlessly with Italian soldiers. We storm the monastery, expecting resistance from the terrorists hidden within its walls. What we don't expect is the collusion between the monks and the terrorists. As we breach the ancient stone walls, chaos ensues. Gunfire echoes through the halls, blending with the screams of the monks we thought were innocent bystanders. It's a betrayal that strikes deep. Our SEAL team, resilient and unyielding, fights through the ambush. Amidst the firefight, I find myself separated from the main group. In the dimly lit corridors, I stumble upon a concealed entrance leading to a mysterious cellar beneath the monastery. Intrigued, I cautiously descend the narrow stairs. As I reach the bottom, a low growl reverberates through the cold stone walls. The air thickens with tension. Pulling out my flashlight, I follow the eerie sounds until the beam reveals the source. Before me stands a creature straight out of nightmares. It's a werewolf or at least something that resembles the mythical beast. Its fur is a dark, matted mess, and its eyes gleam with an unnatural, feral intelligence. Long claws protrude from its massive paws, and its snout twitches as it catches my scent. Caught off guard, I fumble for my weapon. The creature, chained against the damp cellar walls, eyes me warily. As the light hits its face, I see a twisted fusion of human and beast fangs glisten as it snarls, and a guttural growl escapes its throat. Without warning, the creature's eyes lock onto mine, and it unleashes a primal fury. With a strength that defies its grotesque appearance, it breaks free from the chains. The battle is fierce, bullets tearing through the confined space as I struggle to evade the creature's relentless assault. In the midst of the chaos, a single shot rings out, and the creature recoils, It's wounded, but as I watch in disbelief, it slips away into the shadows, leaving me battered and bewildered. When my teammates find me, wounded and shaken, they deliver the grim news, the terrorists have managed to escape. But as we regroup in the dimly lit cellar beneath the ancient monastery, we share a silent vow. This battle may be lost, but the war against terror and the unearthly horrors hidden within these ancient walls is far from over. We'll catch them another day. 20 years ago I was at a small army camp just outside of Aoongbu, South Korea. The city is north of Seoul but south enough of the DMZ that I figured we'd have some heads up if the north attacked. At least time enough to jump in the Humvee and do whatever the plan was. One night I was on the airfield and instead of the usual Ao Angbu skyline I was used to seeing 15 miles away, all I saw was an orange glow as if the city was consumed by fire. I remember seeing pillars of smoke and flashes of light I thought were explosions in and around the city. I honestly truly thought the North Koreans were invading. I thought Ao Angbu was burning. I ran back into the office and told the shift supervisor that Ao was being attacked and I started going down the list of things we had to do and wondering if the Humvee had fuel and stuff like that that I was supposed to be in charge of. And just generally freaking out but trying to stay focused on what I was supposed to be doing just like we trained for. Well the supervisor asked me to go outside with her and show her what I saw but of course we go out and nothing. The night is dark and starry with clear skies and the city lights are still there off in the distance. I thought I was going crazy. I was not on drugs and the shifts were overnight but not long so it wasn't sleep deprivation. I was in the groove of working mids. The environment was tense but I loved Korea and had a good time there on my time off. I was not obsessed with war or anything like that. I was not a mental case who had hallucinations. I know what I saw was not fog or haze obscuring the city lights. I thought I was seeing the raising of Bu. It looked like war. I really don't know what it was. I was stationed in Okinawa on the base camp Kinzer. One of the marines that was in my shop lived in room 101 or 102 in the barracks and he would mention seeing a lady in black. It was a young Japanese woman dressed in a fancy dress that would just stare at him at night. I end up becoming roommates with him a few months later in that same room and a few times when I slept facing the wall I could just feel something standing behind me, but whenever I looked I saw nothing. We ended up getting out of the room when a glass sitting on the medicine cabinet above the sink just mysteriously fell and shattered the it. Fast forward to the sink getting repaired and another marine moves into that room. He also mentioned seeing that lady and I would hear him screaming at night who are you? What do you want? Weird stuff. I am an air traffic controller in the marines. I was working by myself in the control tower around 2 am one night, when a jet came into land. I cleared him and he proceeded to the runway. But before his wheels touched down he came over the frequencies sounding distraught, saying that there was a female standing in the middle of the runway and he was going around. I called airfield operations to have them go out and take a look. After 30 minutes of searching there wasn't anyone on the airfield, anywhere. So much happened while working in that tower, such as randomly hearing the elevator start going, doors slamming, and even screams. Working the mids through the night was scary at times, although I am sure some of the stuff was other asshole marines playing jokes. But a pilot without a doubt say he saw a woman on the runway always kinda freaked me out. I was stationed in Japan and lived in the dorms. Nice dorms, even. So nice that I had a door to my bedroom and bathroom but I only slept in my bedroom a handful of times. You see, I was on the toilet, chilling with the door open because I live alone, so why not? Then I looked up and saw it. Something had ducked quickly into my bedroom and I had no idea what. My brain couldn't process it, but clearly something went into my bedroom. When I left the bathroom I carefully went to my bedroom and looked around. Nothing, of course. I slept in my living room on the recliner that night. Then, days later, it happened again. The same situation. Something was peeking at me from around the corner of the door and was in my bedroom. It was pale and had dark hair. A blur, strange and alien, but somewhat human. And thus I never slept in my bedroom the entire 8 months I was in that dorm. I slept on my recliner every night. Because F that didn't tell anyone because i figured i was just seeing things and my brain was trying to fill in pieces in the army i never experienced anything paranormal but 10 years ago in afghanistan as a contractor in bagram i saw some shit i was smoking a cigarette with this bosnian and we were surrounded by mountains we saw 50 planes every day over our heads There was this one plane that was going lower and lower. He went straight into a a mountain. No crash. No explosion. Just disappeared into a mountain. WTF. My father and I have been hunting this area since 1981. During one hunting season, around 1989, A man was camped out on the landing next to our camp and came over to shoot the breeze with us around the campfire. We talked about hunting and such. He began to tell us how he had hunted up there since the early 70s and had a strange happening one year in the early 80s. The man said he was hunting elk and had gone to Vivian Lake, then made a circle back toward our location. The snow was about knee deep. He mentioned that when he reached Lopez Lake, He started up the hill into the trees. About halfway up the hill, he crossed a set of tracks. The tracks were pretty recent as the snow was still falling lightly. They looked like a man's barefoot tracks, and he started thinking that a hunter had gotten lost and possibly was delirious. He started hiking up the hill after the guy. He said he found it kind of strange that this lost guy had quite a stride going up the hill, but he was more concerned for the poor guy, he almost reached the top of the hill when he came to a fallen log. Whoever or whatever had stepped over the log without knocking the snow off the top. He immediately got spooked, hair stood up on the back of his neck, and he thought, no lost hunter running around with no shoes jumped over this log. He exited stage right, got back to his rig, and headed out. That story has stuck with me since then, and I thought I'd pass it along. I saw it in Idaho Falls. My name is Angela, and I am a 47-year-old female from Idaho Falls, Idaho. I grew up in Idaho, and I am an avid animal lover, especially wolves, since I was very young. I am writing to tell you about my dogmen encounter when I was around 16 or 17 years old. This would have been right around 1986 or 1987. Anyway, myself, my friend, and my other friend decided one night to go into our local cemetery and look for what is called the knocking grave and the werewolf grave. We found the knocking grave and discovered that it is just a loose board which vibrates back when you knock on the grave. We never found the werewolf grave, so we just chalked it up as being a myth. We decided to go back to the car, and we were talking when my friends, A and B, decided they wanted some alone time. They were a couple at the time. I got out of the car and decided to walk around the cemetery by myself. It was a beautiful night with a full moon shining above, ironic, I know. I was walking along, looking at the old gravestones and thinking of how sad it is that so many people are completely forgotten after they die. When I heard a strange sound to my left, I was standing near a mausoleum, looking down into another part of the cemetery. I heard the sound again and started walking towards it. It sounded as though something was crunching on something. I stood there for a minute, listening. I immediately noticed how quiet it had gotten in the cemetery, and the hair stood up on my neck and arms. Usually, there is noise from cars, dogs barking, crickets, or something like that, but there was nothing. I then saw a silhouette of something big and black standing a little ways away from me, around 25 feet away to be exact. Something told me to back away slowly and leave now, but I ignored it. I crept closer to the creature, never taking my eyes off of it. My eyes had adjusted to the darkness, and I could see very well, especially with the moonlight helping light up the night. What I saw terrified me and also piqued my curiosity. The creature first looked like a huge wolf, but the front legs and torso were abnormally large, and the back legs were huge as well. It had a long furry tail behind it, just like a wolf's tail. The head was huge, and it had long pointed ears with tufts of fur at the tips. From what I could see, it was leaning down and eating something, the sounds I had heard were the crunching it made when it bit into whatever it was eating. I was excited because I had always wanted to see a wild wolf, and I thought that was what I was looking at. I figured that maybe a wolf had escaped the zoo which was right next door to the cemetery, and had caught a rabbit or something. I realized, though, that the zoo didn't have a wolf in it and hadn't had one for years. That made me even more excited and curious. I stared at this creature for about a minute or so, and then I shifted my legs to get more comfortable. I must have stepped on a twig or scuffled my feet because the creature suddenly stopped eating, looked up, and turned its head my way. It then stood up on its back legs, and I heard a loud pop. That is when I realized that this was not a huge wolf. It was black and had a few brownish streaks in its fur. When it stood up, I saw its head, chest, stomach, and lower body. The shoulders and chest were massive and covered in fur that tapered down as you looked at the stomach area and legs. It reminded me of a bodybuilder on steroids because of how muscular it was. As it stood there, it started to sniff the air and then stopped and stared my way. The eyes were a deep orange gold and seemed to glow in the moonlight. It looked at me, and I felt a fear grow deep within me that I had never felt before. I knew it saw me, and I knew I had made a huge mistake by not leaving when I first got that bad feeling. It felt as though everything went cold, and this creature could see within my soul. It stared at me for a minute and then it opened its mouth and bared its teeth at me as if it were smiling. The teeth were huge, yellowish-white, and they looked very sharp, just right for ripping its prey apart. It never took its eyes off of me. It then lifted its arm and took a bite out of whatever it was eating. I then realized the sound I had heard was a crunching bone and tearing flesh as it ate its meal. The hands were like elongated paws, and at the end of each finger were huge black claws that gripped the leg it was eating. I stood there watching it eat for what seemed like hours, when it could have only been a few moments. It never took its eyes off me. The fear I felt overwhelmed me. I felt sick, and I was visibly shaking. So, I did the one thing I'd been taught to never do when confronted with a predator. I turned, and I ran as fast as I could toward the car. I didn't care. I couldn't get its eyes out of my head and that smile, those teeth. I could just imagine it catching me and ripping me to shreds. As I ran, I made it to the car, flung open the door, and jumped in, screaming for both of my friends to start the car and get us the hell out of there. They asked me what was wrong, and I just yelled at them to go now. They both looked at me and saw the terrified look on my face, so they started up the car, and we left. I never went back to that cemetery again. Later that night, I told both of my friends what I had seen, and they both just laughed at me and told me it was just my mind playing tricks on me, which made me feel hurt that they didn't believe me. But I could hardly believe it myself. I saw a werewolf or what is referred to as a dogman, and I will never forget it. Please, if you're listening to this, don't ever traverse to the Idaho Falls Cemetery. This will be a brief summary because if I wrote most of the entire encounter here, well, way too long. On July 4, 2016, just a few days ago now, two girlfriends and myself decided to raft down the Chattahoochee River and spend time at the diving rock and laugh at all the drunks enjoying their holiday. This is a North Georgia summer tradition going way back to the 60s. I am 47 now but in my youth I did it quite a few times and damn near killed myself doing a gainer off the diving rock when I landed on my belly, inhaled water somehow and nearly drowned. I was fairly drunk and don't remember how I made it back to the surface but my upper body was purple the next day and my internal organs hurt for weeks. The river was way down that year, maybe 1988, so that made the big flat rock at least 25 feet high off the river. Most people chickened out once they got up there. Anyhow, so this past Monday after at least 28 years we were back but sober now since I haven't drank alcohol in over 10 years. I had to answer the call of nature, number two, so I had to walk very far back into the dense woods because of all the people, 15 or so, waiting to jump. Having nothing but my bathing suit, I walked much further so I could try and find something akin to toilet tissue. Finally, after I reached a small clearing surrounded by old-growth pines, I began my business. As I am squatting in a very vulnerable position, out walks in broad daylight an enormous canine-type creature. I spent 21 years in army, all over the world and three different theaters of war and I have never even heard of this creature before. In the three days since, I have barely slept at all, researching everything in a zombified state. I can still taste the fear in my throat and my own vomit. I am 6 foot tall and about 250 solid pounds and this thing dwarfed me. At least 7 foot 6 and maybe 350 to 400 pounds. As a former college and semi-pro football player and powerlifter, I know about big people and about strength and musculature and this was no normal creature that evolved somehow in that environment. This is some kind of genetically mixed entity of man, wolf and primate. My encounter with it lasted for minutes, it displayed very bizarre behavior and vocalized several times at me. It stunk so bad and horrified me so badly that I wretched again and again. I was gone so long that the girls came looking for me and they are what finally scared it off. When they found me, I was trembling and couldn't speak. As a combat lifesaver in the army, I can tell you for certain that I was in shock from this. Every joint in my body and my ab muscles are still hurting after 3 days. So, I will be more than willing to share everything with you in the hopes that I can relieve my anxiety somewhat by just expressing my trauma. Because, I'm not sure what type I saw, but I can promise you that this is not something that anyone would want to encounter twice. I am not grateful, I don't feel privileged and i will not chase after this thing with a camera give me a call if you want and leave me a text if i can't answer because i work different hours than most thanks for providing a forum for us experiencers i need it this took place three weeks ago while driving home from an event with my fiance it was already dark and rain added to the challenge as we hit the road that night. I was behind the wheel, and my fiancé occupied the passenger seat. Approximately 15 minutes into our journey, we reached a section of the road where I spotted a rather large figure in the opposite lane of the two-way road we were on. It appeared to be on all fours and had a grayish color. The swift movement caught me off guard, especially given the adverse weather conditions. I asked my fiancé if she had seen it, to which she replied, yes, but she seemed spooked. I wanted to stop, but with another car about 100 feet behind us, I couldn't. Additionally, I refrained from looking back, focusing on the road due to the poor conditions and the unfamiliar territory we found ourselves in that night. Despite the fleeting glimpse, I don't believe it was a cow based on what I saw. Its fur resembled more of a canine nature. I would have to speculate that it was either a dog man or a bigfoot. I regret not having a longer look at it during the daytime. It was within feet of my door, but the quick sequence of events and my decision to maintain focus on the road rather than turning to look at it prevented me from seeing it clearly. That pretty much sums up my encounter. I had my encounter in western Pennsylvania near the Shenango River in Crawford County. This was in 2008 when I was a teen. I was night fishing in the pond across the street from my family friend's horse farm I was staying at for the summer. The side of the pond I was fishing from is an open field from the left to the road and the opposite side has a thick oak forest leading up to the shore that is massive and stretches for a few miles in width and probably 10 miles long. His is the only house in the area. His nearest neighbor is almost three miles up the road. I had been out for around an hour and already had four 10 to 15 pounds catfish on my stringer so I was just enjoying the quiet and sky more than anything. I started hearing some rustling a hundred yards or so into the woods across the pond from me. At first, I just thought it was the dog digging something up until I realized he was still lying beside me. Then I started to make out 4 human-like figures that kept walking up near the edge of the tree line across the pond and then walking back to where I couldn't make them out anymore. This went on for around 20 minutes and was freaking me out because the family friend lives by himself and I was the only person there that night besides him so I knew it wasn't just him messing with me. Then I stopped seeing them, but could still hear the occasional noises of something moving in the woods just out of sight for another 20 minutes or so. It was almost 1am at that point and the fish weren't biting anymore but I was too freaked out to take my eyes off the woodline long enough to pack up my tackle box and rod and clean the fish. Then I saw one of the figures come up to the edge of the woodline again and it heaved a rock, that had to have been about 40 pounds or so judging by the splash it made. It darn near made it to the middle of the pond which is roughly 60 yards wide. I was scared to death and immediately jumped up and started sprinting the quarter mile back to the house. I left all of my gear there, the fishing line still cast out, a stringer of fish still in the pond in front of me, etc. My tackle box and gear are still my most prized possessions to this day, but that's how deathly afraid I was at the moment. Luckily the dog freaked out as much as I did and beat me back to the house because I didn't think about him at all either. I ran inside and started to tell the family friend what happened. He didn't even bat an eye and just told me to grab the spotlight we used for coon hunting, and he grabbed his rifle. It took 5 minutes from the time I booked it in fear until we were back down at the pond. The stringer of fish was gone and the whole tub of chicken livers I was using as bait was nowhere in sight. I reeled in my line. Packed up my tackle box and we walked around the woods, spotting for around a half hour and didn't find the stringer of fish or blue bucket from the chicken livers anywhere, nor any animals or anything. We went back to the house and he told me that he had had a family of Bigfoot living on his property for a few years but didn't want people to think he was crazy, so never brought it up. I had a lot of experiences on that property that summer and since, but none that intense just a lot of being followed through the woods while hunting or collecting mushrooms berries and hearing them talking in the woods around me. I have to share this creepy and bizarre experience that happened in my life about six years ago. I used to tattoo and live out of the back of this house in Rosemead, California. During this time, i was going through a very confused and depressing state in my life for some reason i kept this back house shielded with blackout curtains to keep any light and sound out of fear of neighbors knowing i was running a business out of my residence for some weird reason i painted my bedroom three shades of gray on the walls and the ceiling was black i used to hear many sounds of things moving outside in the kitchen and living room area during the night i could see this moving Misty shadow flowed across my bedroom wall but I shrugged it off once I ruled out it wasn't a gas leak. One night I woke up in a very calm and relaxed state but I found myself floating above the bed with my feet barely hovering off the mattress. I knew I wasn't dreaming because I was aware of all the items in my room and my eyes were scanning around. I found my body floating gently back down onto the bed but was suddenly slammed down onto the mattress violently as if somebody put his hand across my face and pulled me down. It felt as if I was in that state of sleep paralysis. To my horror, as I looked to my side, I could not move my face or body but with my eyes, I clearly saw the silhouette or the shadow figure of this creature. I saw the clearly defined sharp pointed nose and as crazy as it sounds the silhouette of this tentacle for an arm with all suction cups clearly defined. Its other arm held my head down to the bed and pulled it, as it was trying to make me look back at the ceiling and, in shock, every inch of my black ceiling was covered with this bizarre looking hieroglyphic as if it were painted in wet substance. In my head, it was the color of blood as it was hard to make out and the moonlight shining through my window. I felt as if the entity was trying to tell me something. With all my energy, I willed myself out of this paralyzed state and once I blinked my eyes, it was over. No writings on my ceiling. No creature. Everything was gone. A few other weird things happened after this incident, especially at night and sometimes even during the day but nothing that tops that crazy night I told you about. I'm not sure if there is a dark history in this residence or if I'm just haunted myself because I've seen things in every place I've lived. Friends didn't believe me, thinking I was under the influence of something but I wasn't. I was completely sober. I know what I witnessed. I live in western Montana and about 6 years ago had the strangest experience. I was huckleberry picking with my dad and decided to walk up the trail with my .22 rifle to look for grouse. As I was walking I heard the lightest footsteps coming from above me trail was on incline, and assumed it was a deer. Until I noticed the steps stopped whenever I did and were way too quiet for a deer. So I decide to look above me and behind a bush was a person type thing. I saw the creature's shoulder, nipple, arm, and collar bone. It was hairless and a dark tan color. It was a very very small creature and the weirdest part to me was seeing its nipple. I've heard stories of little people that live in the woods, but you never know. It could have been a Laotian person picking along with us and trying to be discreet, but why were they not wearing a shirt and following alongside me on this trail? I ran for it after the encounter and cried in front of my dad because it was scary as hell. I'm a pretty outdoorsy person and to this day this is still the weirdest experience for me in the woods. I've seen orbs in the tree lines and had Bigfoot-like encounters. This still trumps it for me. My friends and I had this hangout spot in the middle of nowhere that we would go drink slash smoke weed at, called the tunnel. It wasn't a real tunnel just a dirt road with tall trees on either side that looked like a tunnel. Anyways, the guys in our friend group would always tell us scary stories that had happened to them while they were there. I just thought they were trying to scare us because every time before this night, nothing creepy had ever happened. We had snuck out, and it was the middle of the night, probably around 1 or 2 in the morning. We were drinking and just sitting in the car talking when suddenly my friend in the driver's seat whispers what's in the middle of the road up there. I looked and didn't see anything, so I said, there's nothing in the road. Your eyes are playing tricks on you. And he insists that yes, there is something in the road, and the passenger says that he also sees something. I laugh and say, BS. You guys are just trying to scare us. The driver puts the car in the drive and starts slowly rolling forward. Suddenly, a figure emerges from the darkness. It was a man standing right in the middle of the road watching us drive towards him. He had no shoes, had no shirt, and was wearing shorts. It was a cold fall night, and he was wearing shorts. This was a dirt road, and he had no shoes on. His eyes were glowing yellow like a deer's eyes in the headlights we all start screaming and freaking out. The driver asks if he should stop, and we all yell for him to just drive. The man continues to stare as we are driving towards him, then once we get only about 10 feet away from him, he calmly walks to the side of the road and vanishes. This road had tall fences with even taller willows overgrown over it. It
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.
2: was probably about 10 to 12 feet tall. There's no way a normal man could have just cleared that. I have never seen anyone's eyes glow in headlights before. We were all pretty certain that this man was a Skinwalker, as the tunnel was not too far from Skinwalker Ranch. I still cannot think of a logical explanation for what we saw that night. Not backwoods really, I saw this around 30-40 to feet off of a hiking trail through a forested area where the entrance to the trail started in a residential neighborhood. The entrance was probably half a kilometer or so from where I saw him. I was on a jog and had started from a difference trail entrance, and was planning to exit the trail at this other entrance. I had reached a stretch of trail that was pretty steep and rocky so I started walking down, singing out loud to myself and I see something move from the corner. When I looked over it took me a good 10 seconds to make out what I was seeing. It was a man with shoulder-length hair, completely naked, facing me and staring at me. Mind you it was minus 5 degrees Celsius Celsius outside, for my American friends, that's 23 f. I saw his dong and everything. When I realized what I was seeing I was pretty alarmed to say the least, for context, I'm a woman and I was 21 years old at the time. I just walked down the slope as quick as I could, and then I just ran out of the trail without looking behind me. Once I was out of the trail I thought about it and my alarm changed to concern because, well it was pretty damn cold out and this guy was just chillin in the forest butt naked and it was starting to get dark. I started to wonder if maybe he was having some sort of mental health crisis and I ended up calling the police non-emergency line to ask if they could perform a wellness check. The police eventually called me back a couple hours or so after I called them because they couldn't find anyone up there. They wanted to make sure they were checking the right spot, and when they described it, it was 100% the right spot. Never found out who he was or why he was up there still wonder about it sometimes lol. Not sure if he was a wild man, I suppose it's possible because I know some of the homeless people in that town would set up camp in the bush in the warmer months. He certainly creeped me out though. I got this information secondhand from a neighbor back in Dundee. At the time, she was working in a store down in Mac at a register. She recounted that in the 80s or 90s, two hunters came into the store absolutely petrified, purchasing beer to calm down. They had been up in the forest around high heaven and claimed to have seen a Sasquatch. As she shared this, I looked at her with awe, and she emphasized that she wasn't pulling my leg and was certain that these two men weren't either. Evidently, they were too scared to be making it up. For the past two years, This area has been gated off beyond the residential area due to extensive abuse by people polluting the forests and leaving trash. Since it's all BLM land, it's likely the encounter happened farther into the woods. This area marks the beginning of the coastal mountain range. On an empty, rural stretch of road in Ohio with nothing around for about 40 or so miles. On our left side was the Erie Canal about half a mile tucked into the forest from the road, and nothing else but woods for a while otherwise. It was raining hard, and quite chilly. About halfway between towns, there was a man on the canal side standing beside the road poised like he was about to just step out in front of our truck. He had on a, red? flannel and torn work pants. I thought he was about to step in front of us and got a good look as we passed him and the entire left side of his face slash body looked mangled and bloody like ground meat. When I looked back, he just utterly vanished. I was freaked out and asked my mom if she saw him too, she had. There was nothing else around, no vehicles, nothing on the road itself, and there was no sensible place nearby he could have come from. He also didn't look alarmed or anything which was super strange, didn't seem to be asking for help. He just looked blankly at the truck as we passed. I've since tried to find record of an accident or something there, nothing has come up. When I've posted about it before, people have said it sounds like the kind of damage one might get from a motorcycle wreck and my mother agrees with that as a biker herself. Remains a mystery, I'll never forget it. I live in the mountains along the Appalachian Trail in the the AT winds all through the area with many parts of the trail being farm fields, backyards, etc. There is a brief spot at the back of our neighbor's field where hikers walk along the fence line. A few years ago the neighbor was out working and he noticed a disheveled hiker standing at the fence. The neighbor said they felt incredibly anxious as soon as he saw the hiker. The hiker looked disoriented and in a trance. He asked the hiker if he was okay and if he wanted any snacks or supplies. The hiker was speaking nonsense about a group, a ritual, and the beings calling to him. Neighbor tried to get more information but the hiker became agitated and took off down the trail. Neighbor notified park services slash police but we have no idea what happened after that. Maybe mental illness, substances, Medical emergency, etc., but shook up our neighbor big time. One time at a hunting camp in Oscoda, Michigan, a man barged into our cabin at around 3 a.m. I was attending a church sponsored men's retreat. We mostly played paintball and went small game hunting. All of us teenagers, about seven of us in total, stayed in the cabin while the adults brought their own campers and whatnot. The property was surrounded by state forest, miles and miles of woods. One rode in, one rode out. The man came from the woods and walked back into the woods when he was finished. None of us remember what he said but we all remember being scared. And whatever he said was total nonsense. I actually recall waking up in between the bed and the wall. I had wedged myself between there and fell asleep in fear. Really bizarre night. My friend is always rescuing dogs she finds out and about, so she keeps a spare leash, collar, treats, etc. in her car. One time she was driving through a national park forest area and saw a dog all by itself, so she pulled over to try to help it. As she's getting the stuff out of her car for the dog, a rough looking man appears out of nowhere and starts walking towards her without saying a word. There's not another soul around. She says oh is this your dog? No response, just keeps walking towards her, staring at her. Then he starts unbuckling his belt. She's like "Greet! I'm about to get assaulted and killed in these woods. She freezes not knowing what to do. He takes his belt fully off, walks right up to her and grabs the dog, and then puts the belt around its neck. The dog starts to panic like WTF is happening and it starts getting choked. My friend is like sir, sir, is this your dog? You don't have to do that he's fine, I have a normal leash I can put on him etc. The gruff woodsman is like "No, nah, it ain't mine I got him for you though here you can take him. He legit thought he was helping my friend by scaring the shit out of her, taking his belt off like a rapist and then choking the dog that was already not going anywhere. She said he smiled like he really thought he was a hero that day. She was just like oh I'm okay totes yeah well, thanks bye. And grabbed the dog and jumped in the car and left. Around 1984 I was a very young adult female forester working on a national forest in East Texas. One day, while wearing my green uniform, I was checking an old logging road near a property line that had several residences on the adjacent private land, and down the road ahead of me I hear music playing. Around the curve comes a young adult male carrying a large boombox on his shoulder. The music was a currently popular song by Ann Murray. I stopped to say hello to the fellow and immediately got a slightly off vibe from him, not mean or evil, more like just slightly mentally challenged. We spoke for a couple of minutes, him asking me what I was doing there, not in a challenging way, more like conversational. I was reasonably comfortable with the situation until he said, you know, you look a lot like anne Murray." I didn't look like her, really, but my hairstyle was a little like hers at the time. My hackles stood up a little but I thanked him and said I considered that to be a great compliment. He continued, You really really look a lot like Ann Murray. I thanked him again and said I really had to go, and gave up on the day's work and booked it back to my truck ASAP. This was right after US biathlete Carrie Swenson was kidnapped in Montana by a couple of wannabe mountain men consisting of a father and adult son, to beat the son's wife my appetite for weirdos in the woods was low. True story. I know fiction is allowed here but this is not. About a year ago, my girlfriend and I were on a trail to Lamoille Lake in Northern Nevada. It's about 1.5 miles each way I think, and usually pretty well populated. It was that day as well. There were at least a handful of people on the trail here and there, plenty down at the trailhead parking lot, and it was otherwise a totally normal sunny day. Evening began to come and we started heading back down, not wanting to be out when it got dark as there is no cell service up there for quite a distance and it was just an afternoon weekend hike. We started down the trail and I got the slightest hint of a bad feeling, like we definitely needed to get back to our car before it got dark. I think that's generally just common sense and doesn't need to prompted by a sixth sense or anything. Still, I kept an eye out as we went. Weirdly, absolutely nothing happened until we were maybe 300 yards from the parking lot. The trees had largely been left behind as we descended in elevation, and bushes, large and small, were there instead. There was a creek that ran through to our right. Ahead of us by maybe 50 yards was a lone woman and her medium-sized dog on a leash. I had my head on a swivel the whole way down because I was just trying to keep an eye out and make sure that hint of a bad feeling didn't amount to anything. I also was carrying. This woman was ahead of us by about the same distance for a good while down the trail and I felt somewhat responsible for her safety as well, if anything strange were to happen. Mountain lions are known to live higher up in those mountains, the rubies, and she was pretty much in sight the whole time. So, I was trying to help keep an eye out for her too. As we're walking, me and the girlfriend both hear what seemed like a big boulder sliding and grating along a stone surface. It lasted a few seconds and we were both looking at the stone surface mountain slope maybe 600 yards to our left, I am a bad judge of distance but I think that might be close, fully expecting to see a landslide of some sort. But there was nothing In daylight was still good enough that I think if there was something to see on that front, we would have seen it. I immediately looked to the lady ahead of us, and just a second later, she and her dog started booking it. Right as they did this, a herd of deer came sprinting out of the bushes away from the boulder sound. It must have been closer than it sounded? They ran across the creek and kept going to our right. After pausing for a second to discuss what that weird sound might have been, we hurried along as well, and I drew my gun. We passed the same little section where the lady was when she took off, and thankfully nothing happened. We didn't hear or see anything in those bushes, though I'm not surprised, a whole herd of deer was in there and we couldn't see them until they ran out, despite being at a higher elevation at the time. We quickly made it back to the parking lot and I put my gun back in the holster. It felt safer getting back to the pavement for some reason. We caught up with the woman and the dog. She was catching her breathe and pacing a little. We asked if she heard that weird sound, and she said she heard the loud boulder Y sound and then off to her left directly close by, right where the deer came running from. She distinctly heard a big low growl, after the boulder sound. And then she heard the deer coming and ran to get out of the way. The deer probably would have run right into her if she hasn't moved. Watching this happen from a ways above and behind just a minute or two previous, they came out onto the trail right where she has been a second before. We determined it may have been a mountain lion. I'm all for believing that, but I still have two questions. Why did I get the feeling we needed to leave, even subtly, around 45 minutes before anything strange happened. Why slash how did whatever it was make a big sound of a boulder scraping along, not tumbling, but sliding, very different sounds, and then there was a clear growl heard by the woman, but not by us. I think that indicates there was something absolutely in those bushes, but I am very confused about the bigger sound. I doubt the same animal made a huge boulder scraping sound. It sounded like it was sliding down the mountainside, and the deer didn't run, and then the same creature made a normal growl sound from the same place, and that was what scared the deer off? I don't know what I believe about this, but it was certainly a strange experience. Edit, this was one of a few times me and my girlfriend had been on this trail together and never had any strange experiences. I myself had been there several dozen times over the course of many years and also had never experienced anything remotely weird, even towards night time. This is a story from when I was in high school around 2010-ish. My parents' house backs up to a small wooded area. It's not a forest by any means, there are walking trails and other neighborhoods around, but the woods are big enough that we used to see deer and the occasional fox. There was also a small creek that ran through it, and I used to spend time in the fall slash winter poking around back there when it wasn't obscured by brush. I found what I assume was likely a deer path that ran all the way up to my old elementary school, which was about a block away via roads but using the deer trails took about 10 to 15 minutes. I was back in this area fairly often, which is why the following story was so weird. I went down to the creek one day and followed the trail like normal, but this time I found a partial deer skeleton at the end. The head and front legs were missing, but the rest was still there, and there was no flesh at all on the bones. They were stripped absolutely clean, and the bones were still a bright white. At the time, there weren't coyotes in the area like there are now. And I'd seen a bobcat once when I was little but they definitely weren't very common. To this day I have no idea how that skeleton got there or what happened to it. It was too clean to be a predator kill, and that also doesn't explain why the front half was missing. I got so freaked out that I never went back into those woods again. Edit, y'all are vicious, damn. This took place in a residential area. Not a hunting ground. It could've been a predator kill, sure, okay. But I'm positive the damn thing wasn't killed by a human, not with houses and an elementary school literally across the creek. I was camping with my kids when I woke up to the sound of blood-curdling screaming. It was my own kids screaming. They were pointing at the tent door. The zipper was unzipping and a tiny hand came in and was trying to pull my backpack out. I forgot there were raisins in it. Raccoons. My kids were terrified of raccoons before this happened, so their screaming was intense. They calmed down after a couple minutes, and I expected to hear someone shout everything okay over there? Or for a park ranger to walk up, but QA's there were lots of campers and sites nearby, and my kids were screaming bloody murder like straight from a horror movie, but no one checked on us. I imagine maybe they were all laying there too scared to move in case they were the next ones to be murdered. And that maybe they are still wondering about the screaming ghosts or unreported murder to this day. I've never told this story before not even to my two best friends or my closest family members. This experience happened in the early summer of 2002 in the Mississippi River Valley in the state of Illinois. I was a government employee at the time so I'll keep the place and specifics vague for the sake of people that have to live around these things. I was two months into the job fully enjoying being the new guy in a new part of the part of the country that I've never seen before. On that day my job was to do a biological survey on a dry riverbed. It was a boat ramp used to access the area when water was present. I parked my government work truck with the nose towards the riverbed and the boat ramp to my left. I got out of the truck, took several steps ahead to look over the area, and made a plan on how to start my survey. After about a minute I suddenly was hit with a sense of immediate danger. It was tangible, and it was physical. I could feel the sensation smack into my left shoulder and slide across the skin of my chest from left to right. Like being shot with a jet of water from a fire hose. The danger felt like it was coming from knee level or lower and I backpedaled in an unexplained sudden panic. I kept my knees bent and my arms forward because I was sure I was being charged by a vicious stray dog that I'd never seen or heard. Once safely back in the truck cab, I looked all around for the dog that I was sure had to be there and I saw nothing. After about three minutes of confusion and adrenaline burn off, I had no explanation for what had just happened. I laughed to myself for being silly and i tell myself I have a job to do so get out and go do it. I get out for a second time and I step forward to my original standing spot to decide how I'm going to start the survey. I again get hit with this fire hose of danger from my toes to the top of my head. I do the same, running fast, backpedaling, and getting back into the truck cab. Both times the feeling disappeared the instant the truck door slammed shut. I'm really spooked. My hands are trembling on the steering wheel while I'm asking myself if I'm having a heart attack or an allergic reaction. I sit there for 7 or 8 minutes trying to recompose myself. I punch the dash in frustration and tell myself to get my butt out there and do my job. I was the new guy and did not want to be seen as unreliable. I get out of the truck a third time and step forward to my original standing spot. Now, everything that follows is happening in a split-second sequence and it'll take longer to explain than it did to experience. The moment my foot stepped onto my original standing spot I got hit with a 100% blast of the fire hose of danger feeling. I mean absolute primitive fear and danger, like standing on a high tension bridge that is collapsing with you on it or standing in front of an avalanche of snow in the last 4 seconds before it hits you. My legs were running before my mind knew I was running. As I spun around and ran for the truck cab I was saying in a panic to myself in that internal voice cuss get in the damn truck. By my second or third step, I see something in my peripheral vision. To my right, it was just past 3, and about 20 feet away there was an unnatural brown color like a Crayola crayon. It was a pear-shaped blob 5 half feet tall in the shape and size of a squatting heavyweight sumo wrestler. All I saw was a brown blob but it clearly stood out from the surrounding nature. I could feel a presence as strong and powerful as a short-tempered rodeo bull. In a split second, I grabbed the door handle. I clearly hear it say in the same voice, Leave. Leave now. Leave this place. It was stern, commanding, and calm with none of the panic that was flooding through my mind. I calmed down enough to safely drive home and call it a day. During our stay, two men approached to inquire about renting the Music Ranger station. The topic of Bigfoot naturally came up, and one of the gentlemen, a local historian, shared a captivating tale. He recounted a story from a friend of his who, during the fall of the early 1980s, was on a hunting expedition along the main through road. His friend, positioned near his truck, suddenly witnessed a creature identified as Bigfoot crossing the road not more than 100 yards away. The creature was moving downhill, descending from the mountain. The encounter must have been nothing short of astonishing, and the tale left us with a lingering sense of wonder and intrigue about the mysteries that might unfold in the vast wilderness. I kept this a secret for a long time. As a child, I went through a tough time being bullied, called names, and such, as some children go through. But mine was worse. I was living in Pompano Beach, Florida. The date was August 8, 2017. When I went to bed, in my dreams I saw a being that was taller than a normal human but I wasn't scared when it approached me. It didn't move its legs when it got closer. It was wearing robes with symbols and a big mask. There were symbols where the cheeks should be. The symbols depicted what I only assume were humans on the left and earth on the right of the mask. It spoke to me and said, child, do not be afraid. My intentions are peaceful. The voice was that of a female and it echoed inside my dream. I didn't bother to say anything, I just stared at the symbols, curious about what they meant. It said, child, you do not fear me. Why is that? I answered by saying. This isn't my first time seeing strange things. It tilted its head, and then it said, child, do you want to learn and see the truth that your leaders had hidden from you? After she said that I thought a bit, and then I said, yes, I want to see the truth. An arm revealed itself under the robes and placed against my forehead. A rush full of unknown energy went to my head and that's when I saw everything that our leaders had hidden from us. I then woke up having the worst possible headache. After finishing another day of suffering I laid down in my bed and fell asleep. It was August 9, 2017. I found myself in a different area when I saw her standing alone. She turned her head toward my direction. Are you ready to learn child? She said. During the next few days she taught me her language and different aspects of life. They were different than our understanding of them. Before she left me she told me, child, the path that all of humanity is going is not only going be the end of your species but others as well. You must spread the message I am giving you, she said, we have watched your species live for a long time and see no improvements. Your species will die like the others in the galaxy that have failed. If you do not change then your species will be one of them. She then said, I am not your teacher anymore. It is your turn to be the teacher and Humanity is your student child. I smiled and nodded. She looked at me and said, child, I will be leaving you, but you must spread the message I have given you. I nodded, sad that she was leaving me after the things she taught me. She told me forgiveness was key. So from that day forward, I kept it a secret for a long time and I must do it now because war might break loose. Maybe I'll find my peace for sharing this. It was the summer of 2000 and I was just a non-rate stationed on a 110 Coast Guard cutter out of Key West, Florida. We had enjoyed three days of calm weather and the seas were glassy smooth. Rare nights like this are when smugglers like to make a run and we were sitting on a darkened ship on a known drug route, an awesome fishing spot due to a massive drop-off underneath us. We had our radar set to max, our ears wide open and our mouths clamped shut. Sound carries like crazy out there and sometimes you can hear the engines of a go fast screaming before radar even picks them up. But tonight was dead. No activity at all. I was coming onto the bridge for the 330 watch shift. Our JOD was checking the equipment for a pass down but when he got to the radar he gave a little WTF under his breath. The oncoming OOD came over to see what was up, said the same thing then called our CO on the sound-powered phone. We heard him say, hey Cap, we have two contacts moving fast coming straight at us about 40 knots out. So we think we are about to see some action and everyone starts getting amped up when we hear him give the speed. 400 knots and holding steady. At this point, we think it's just a radar anomaly or some running rabbit's radar-type echo. But these two staggered contacts stayed on the scope, and their signal just got stronger. Whatever it was was about the size of a cargo ship moving about 450 miles per hour and wasn't even leaving a wake. You can see a wake on the radar, especially on a calm night, after hearing this the CO is on deck in his bathrobe about 30 seconds later just staring at the radar and everyone is just perplexed trying to get a look in over his shoulder. So he sends us all out onto the bridge wing with night vision goggles and has us all looking out for these things every few seconds he is counting down the range and right when they get to eight miles out they simply drop off the radar boom just gone now both of us non-rates get sent down to the bow of the ship and told to listen for anything see if we can hear anything or see anything or whatever so we listen and it's so quiet that all we can hear is the blood pounding in our ears then after not even a minute of vigilance we see something Two lights underwater moving fast, coming directly at us. If we had blinked we would have missed them. In just a moment they had passed directly under our bow and were gone. The best description I can give would be like two train lights moving slightly staggered, not too deep under crystal clear water, maybe 40 or 50 feet down. The leading vessel was slightly silhouetted by the trailing vessel and the brief impression I got of it was like the engine car of a train just way larger. It was over so fast I really never got a look so I can't say much more than that about them. My fellow lookout and I exchanged a shocked look at each other and he asked me if I had just seen it too. We talked excitedly about it for a second and ran back up to report our findings. After we made it to the bridge and started telling the CO. What we had seen the quartermaster shut us up saying they had popped back up on radar. Sure enough, 8 miles out, there they were. Still moving staggered at 400 knots. We watched them disappear off the radar at about 40 plus miles in silence. All of us just held our positions until they passed out of range. Then the old man asked us what we saw. We told him and after a minute of silence, he just said. Weird. Radar glitch it is, then sighed and went back to bed. After he wished us a good watch and went below deck the COB, most senior chief of the boat, pulled us up to the flying bridge for a talk. He basically told us that there are lots of weird things out here and that this was not the first time he had heard about underwater oddities from sailors, but was the first he had ever been a part of. He didn't say we shouldn't tell anyone but he made it pretty clear most people wouldn't believe us if we did. That was it. The next night was just as calm and we ended up stopping a drug smuggler with nearly a ton of product on board and we all just sort of put the incident behind us and moved on with our normal lives. All I can say after two decades of experience in the military is that in the middle of the ocean on a clear night and with a good set of NVG you can see little zippy things in the sky, just about every night if you have some patience. In my years of sea time. I've seen lots of odd things but that night will always stand out in my memories.